boom. All right, here we go. So today is the NLP full business, full business, uh, the secret mind control process, session three. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, as always. As always, I always put my contact info for anybody that doesn't have it. Uh, it's kind of redundant for this class since everybody paid to be here. Uh, but follow me, keep in touch, let me know what's going on. And the only easy day was yesterday. So today we get to learn some new stuff. And again, what would happen if you could easily understand and use NLP uh, techniques for business and persuasion that actually works? That's my big key. There's a lot of really cool techniques and I always use the martial arts analogy. There's a lot of really cool martial arts techniques that look good in movies or in demos. But if you try those things in the real world, you'll probably get hurt or at least get your butt kicked, right? Uh, it's, but a spinning back kick looks beautiful in a film, right? But on the street, A, you might slip, you might fall, it's horrible. So let's use things that work. So as always, I always start with, how can I apply this new information? So kind of think that is what you're gonna get today. What stops me from from in implementing new ideas. What can I learn? How can I grow? How can I be different? As always, we're, we're, we're doing our gratitude and appreciation experiment. As I said at the beginning, I uh, paid my mortgages and was thinking to be grateful for it after I got mad for not remembering the login info. Uh, but once I got in, it's like, okay, well, you know, try to be grateful um, or not try, be grateful that at least I could pay it. Uh, work? Did you work on changing the level of your target, pulling them out of thinking about it and putting them into excitement or pulling them out of they're in a bad state, pulling them out of a bad state to think about it? Uh, Debbie kind of said that when she uh, had the person uh, take more action. And the regret puts you into the first level, right? Because it, it gets you into the experience. Did you reset your day with any morning questions? And did you use the regret pattern on someone? It's a lot of fun. And you, if you didn't, you should regret that. You're a tough crowd. I'm here till Saturday. Tell your friends. As always, stay conscious, you know, um, because you have your, the four levels of, of thing is a quick review. Unconscious incompetence, you don't know what you don't know, you know. Un or conscious incompetence, you know about it, but you don't know about it. This is what happens like for someone that, for what we're doing, they kind of heard of NLP, maybe they've heard about it from someone or seen a little bit. They really don't know about it, right? Uh, the danger here is you start thinking you know about it, right? Uh, but then you can go into conscious competence. That we're, that's where we're at now, where you're learning something, right? And that's where you can begin to master it. If you do it enough, it will become unconscious, like driving a car, how you walk, how you talk, things like that. But for a new skill, especially as an adult, it takes longer for something to go from conscious competence to unconscious competence, right? I'm always worried when I hear these uh, supposedly NLP, hypnosis, subconscious people that know it, say how quickly it is to get to unconscious competence. Uh, not really, you have your default mechanisms. You'll default to what worked in the past. So you have to constantly work at it. Uh, we'll talk about, and I always talk about, um, I use sports, excuse me. I use the sports analogy a lot. When you take a professional athlete, um, I'll use football, a quarterback like a Tom Brady or Drew Brees, every off season, they go, I don't know about this off season, but usually they go into a camp and work on throwing mechanisms. These two guys are the top at, in the history of the game, two of the best to ever play. I'm pretty sure they know how to hold a football. Not that. Why do they go to a camp? They go back to practice the fundamentals to, because what begins to happen, any bad habits that you're doing will slip into your unconscious competence. And so it might, you always hear athletes talk about foot placement, follow through, bring the hips around, all this stuff, it's, you know, that, that, that athletes, high performers go back and practice. You know, and again, I can use the martial arts from my own personal experience. Go to a, when I was going to a lot of those seminars in Pennsylvania, everybody in the room was a black belt. And yet every Friday night, we would spend about an hour to two hours working on blocks, 
basic punches, basic kicks. Some, most of these guys actually ran dojos. So they literally did this hundreds of times a week, probably. So why are we working on the basics? You're going back into conscious competence. So I, I applaud you for learning it, practicing it, and keep practicing it. As always, we're working on our internal states, our internal representation, and eventually it'll get to our external behavior, using it in the external world, right? We, last week, we talked about levels. We started conscious states, where we're going to work on. Uh, we, we continued with the magic rapport exercise, which is find people you're really comfortable with. You usually need a male and a female. Uh, that is just a good buddy, a friend, a pal, as I say. And use them when you meet a stranger, when you meet a, 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 a person that you want to get in rapport with. It lowers your energy. And they've done those pictures with that, whatever it's called, Karelian photography. When you're, when you're comfortable, your energy is different. You know, your, your aura actually goes out farther when you're comfortable because you're not tightening in to protect yourself, right? When you're very comfortable and with your people you like, like your tribe, your group, your support network, your energy opens up. And so if I'm thinking of Debbie, who I really like, or Elizabeth, and I meet a new person, my energy's open. There's no threat. And that's why I always stress for, for both people is um, uh, just good friends. Don't pick people you've had a romantic interest in. That might change your aura a little bit. Wooka, 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 as they say, right? Uh, unless you want that kind of rapport, I, I charge extra for that. So, you know. In, in a weekend in, in Vegas. And then we did the mind model. Now remember, all states have a physiology, whatever the state is, you know, depression, they always talk about your shoulders are down, your head's down. If everybody would do that now, if you kind of slump your shoulders, tilt your head down and breathe shallow. And if you add a little whiny voice in your head, when's he gonna shut up? You know, Debbie and out west going, it's early, you know. Elizabeth going, I'm, I want lunch. Yeah, man. Right? It, it, you start feeling bad, right? But if you throw your shoulders back, lift your head up, you feel better. Because the physiology creates a feedback loop with your internal state and or your internal representation. Right? And so it creates that feedback loop. And that's what happens when you have those days, what I call those days, which talked about like you have one of those days where you're kicking ass, you're taking names, you know, you're, you're selling what you want to sell or you're signing, whatever it is you do, you're doing great, right? That creates a feedback loop. That's why, you know, when it happens, uh, you, you, that's great data to, to, to attack things, right? Uh, there was a study and a lady, uh, I, I saw a, um, what do you call it? Um, TED Talk on it, um, back when TED Talks were new and actually meant something. <laughs> um, but uh, she talked about there was a study done on, uh, you know, and it had to do with states of excellence. And what they found an interesting thing where bl athlete, blind athletes, they call it the blind athlete study, athletes that were blind from birth. So they had no visual memories from the outside in, at, at, at all. They never saw anything. And yet these athletes, these blind athletes, <clears throat> when they would win a competition or whatever they did, they would raise their hands. Like you see when people run across the finish line, they'll raise their hands, you know? Uh, so it leads one to wonder, since they're blind from birth, where did this come from? They never saw it to model it, you know? Usually even if you're listening to something, they don't say, you know, they might say they raise their hands in victory, but again, they had no uh, representation for it. So it seems to be just a natural thing. Your hands go, yes, right? Either with one arm or two, people do that, right? So you should test this on yourself to prove how effective it is. Uh, I remember I was in an acting class. I talked about this at another class and lady, uh, the, the acting teacher, talked about it. And I'm like, this is cool. I remember it. And, but then she had everybody, you know, uh, first get into like how they usually do before they do a scene for class. And any actor will tell you, it's probably more nerve wracking 
to do a scene in an acting class than it is on a play or a set, right? Because these are other actors. They're, they, they know, you know? When you're on set or you're in a, on, on a stage, you're just, you're just doing, well, if you're on set, they don't really care. They're, everybody's doing their job. If you're in a play, the audience is just watching. Uh, so it's usually, so, so she had everybody get, so most people like kind of hunker down a little bit, like trying to get themselves sight. Okay, great. And then, um, then we all did a little scene. We had a little scene. And then so she got everybody do the exercise. Day, they walked day. around, uh, walked yeah. around. Let me oh, do, uh, they walked around with their arms. We all walked around like this for about 30 seconds to a minute, right? And then right before you got up to do your scene, you went like that again, walked around, went into it. Sitting from the outside, even removing for the uh, uh, selection criteria thing that we get into, um, you could see the difference in the performance of the person. Their energy was up, they were out, they were into it, they were more engaged, right? And then she had us practice this before we would do improv, which got you more open in that. So, um, so it's a universal sign. So what you wanna do is practice this yourself when you can, right? You may not be in the middle of a sales thing going, yes, 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 and then, and then do your clothes. You know, Oz might get looked at funny, but you're an artist, artists are weird. So anyway, but the next time what you can begin to do whenever you're in a successful state, you've had a great day, you're kicking ass, just it's one of those days things are going great. Make sure you can, lock that into your physiology so you can remember what it's like. Because a true high performer, their mediocre is better than other people's best days. You know, I mean, if we went to see Lady Gaga sing, I like her because she's also a opera singer, everybody forgets that. Her mediocre singing is still brilliant. You know, we have Miss Elizabeth on the call who is a professional dancer. When you Barishnikov might have had an off day dancing. It was still better than anybody else's great day dancing. It's just you raise your level of performance, right? So what we're doing now is, again, I talked about why, why do elite actors, athletes do differently, right? They go back and they're constantly studying the basics. That's why I'm going to ask you, we, we keep reviewing things, right? Because it's been proven, and we see it over and over again, raw talent can stop you from being great because you quit studying, you quit working. We, you, you, we see a lot in athletics, do we not? Somebody comes in and they're the, they've got all the, the coaches talk, they got all the tools, right? And then two years later, they're out of whatever league they were in because they never, they, they weren't willing to do the work, right? Um, person I know, they were in New York, um, uh, taking an acting class, uh, and uh, the acting teacher was spl splitting people up, giving them stuff to do for the next week because you know. And these were working actors; these were people that do it for a living. Anyway, the, my, the person uh, said the one guy said uh, to him, to someone else, like, "Here, your partner is going to be um, uh, um, uh, Bobby, but Bobby's not here today." But don't worry, here's your scene. You just read your, you know, learn your lines and we're going to work on it next week. The guy went great, cool, right? And so anyway, they come back to class next week and uh, the guy that was going to work with this actor, Bobby, he thought it was another newer actor. It happened to be this person probably with not much talent called Robert De Niro, right? And he was in an acting class. Well, he's pretty good at what he does, right? But why does he take an acting class? To practice, to do things differently, right? And again, early success can stop you from long-term growth. Um, and it, it stops you from staying hungry. So we're constantly going back and reset our, our skills. And then we build on the skills, right? And again, what do pilots and surgeons have in common? They all have checklists when they get, if you walk in on a plane, if the door is still open, uh, and you look in the cockpit, the pilots are going down a checklist. They've probably flown that plane 20,000 hours or a plane exactly like it. And yet they go down the checklist. Doctors all now have checklists in the operating room. You know, when I take my medical errors classes, that's what they always talk about. If you're doing anything like that needs exact stuff, 
you need a checklist that you you now you physically have to check off because if you have to go to court, they want to see that. And I stress, don't believe the lie that all of these kind of skills, whether it's athletic skills, acting skills, or even these persuasion skills that we learn, learn are all always just natural. The two examples I have that, that, that great communicators, great persuaders, I don't care what you believe about them personally, set that aside for a moment, but Bill Clinton and Barack Obama studied this stuff minutely. And going all the way back, another person that studied a lot, and everybody forgets, was Ronald Reagan. You know, that guy, well, he's just a natural communicator. He's a, he was an actor for 40 years. I'm pretty sure he knew how to take direction, take notes, follow through, which light to look at. Oh, that's all natural. You know, plus then he was on what, TV for 10 years, on a weekly TV show. So, I mean, don't believe the lie that this is natural. You got to learn. Um, and so what is your success state? So the easiest way to think about it is think about something that you're already great at. You know, it might be, and maybe you don't even do it that much anymore, but you're great at, right? Um, but you had to learn how to do it and you continue to learn because it's still fun. You know, pick uh, on Dave a lot, Oz might think about art, right? And maybe he studies different kinds of art. Maybe not even the art he does, but it's like, oh, I like to look at, you know, whatever. Um, uh, whatever it happens to be, you know, Elizabeth with dance, you know, and she's not an active dancer. She probably still enjoys looking at it and watching, it, you know. Um, but when you think back, when you think about something you're really good at, step into it, see, hear, and feel it. What color comes into your mind? This is powerful. What color? Because that's a subconscious process. So whatever color works for you, what's your power color, right? And where in your body do you feel it, you know? Do you hear any sounds pop into your head? Maybe an inner dialogue, yes, go for it. Or is there a song? Is there a song that plays when you're just, just kind of kind of humbles in the background, you know? And what's your self-talk like when you're in a power state? Right? I know it's better than when you're in a dispowered state, right? So you want to begin to practice that. Um, I know I did a, I used to, I teach people before they give a speech, you know, to find a power song. Right, so kind of put it in your head before you step on. Kind of like how when you watch elite athletes, they're listening to their headphones and whatever music works for you. And what's usually fun is sometimes a song will pop into your mind that you're not consciously aware of usually, that will represent power or focus for you. So begin to kind of explore these kind of things. These are for you just to be in a more powerful state. So today, now we're gonna jump in and learn new things, right? And today we're gonna to learn, if you already know it, you're gonna relearn it, eye accessing cues. How you move your eyes tells you what part of your brain you're accessing. Now, this has been around for a while and, it, and uh, they've actually tracked it now with, you know, the when they wire you up and they can watch how your brain's operating. Different parts of your brain lights up when you're, looking up and making pictures as opposed to when you're looking to the side or you're and you're making sounds as opposed to when you're looking down and you're feeling feelings different parts of your brain lights up you know the visual cortex lights up when you're looking up making a picture the auditory which is on the left side lights up more when you're looking to the side making sounds and the back of your brain back here lights up when you're down into your body making feelings it's just the way it works right so that's kind of cool and they always say like one side you're you're constructing, one side you're remembering. I like to say, keep it simple. Keep it simple. If you look up, you're making pictures or someone you're talking to, they'll look up. I don't care if they look left or right, they're making pictures. Their eyes move to the side, they're making sounds. If they look down, they're either talking to themselves or they're feeling feelings, right? And there's some, yeah, besides now we have the evidence for it, but we always know, have you ever heard someone make the statement that's downright important? This is downright important to me. And they'll usually make a fist with their right hand. The interesting thing, even if they're left-handed, right? They'll make a fist and go, this is down, and they'll look down and go, this is downright important. What the F is going on in there? 
what's happening. They're looking down, they're accessing a feeling which is strong to them. You know, this is a no-go zone. This is, this is, this is downright important, right? So just let you know that this really works, right? So again, you know, if you look up, you're making pictures, you look side to side, you're making sounds. You look uh, down, you're either talking to yourself or you're feeling something. And then the words that people use uh, will 75% of the time coincide seamlessly with how their eyes are moving. So if they look up, they're using visual words, look, focus, clear, colorful, bright, you know, the future's bright, it looks good on the horizon. Is this in focus to you? Is this clear to you? So that's visual people. If you look side to side a lot, um, you use words like talk, discuss, ring true. If you look, if people that look down, they use words like they want to dig in, they want to do this, right? I'll send everybody, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post it or send it to you in the email. There's a list of what words that go with this, right? And <clears throat> there's some other things that go with it. This is important. Like in this day and age, uh, besides when you look at somebody, they look up and maybe they're using visual words. Okay, we can use that. And I'll tell you how in a moment. Or if they look down, they're very kinesthetic. And we'll use that and I'll show you how. But there's one other thing that goes with it. People that have these representational systems, they use the words, their eyes move, and also you get, you get cues of how they are when you look at them. If someone's very visual, everything is color coordinated. Everything has to look good, right? They wouldn't be seen in public, if at all possible, unless everything looks good. I, I always use the analogy for, not to sound sexist this day and age, but you know those real pointy high spike heels with the real pointy toes that people still wear? Uh, are they comfortable, ladies? Why do people wear them? Because they look good or they're in fashion, so they look good, correct? Mm -hmm. Right? So the person who wears that, that, how they look is more important. I was, there's a lady at the health club I used to go to, there was a couple of them. They must have had six or eight pair of athletic shoes, matched everything they did. Now, I stress these, these ladies were not like just walking around the health club. Dad, no, they were. You couldn't keep up with them. They were hardcore, but everything looked good down to the, like I said, they must have had six or eight um, athletic shoes with matching sweat towels. It was, it was cute, but it, it was just the way they were, right? So that's a visual part. Everything's going to look good. So somebody, if everything's put together, um, you can just tell. Um, I always tell a story, I was flying back to Florida from, from New York and I'm sitting at the airport and um, these two women walk up. I'm not good with age. One was probably early, mid thirties, one a little younger. Uh, and <clears throat> the younger one had on those spike heels with the real pointy shoes and they, and they, were, they look good. But honestly, it's why I noticed them not to be, how do you not notice my reticular activating system is on. And, but they're up at the counter waiting to talk to the guy. And the, the younger one was taking her shoes in and out, her feet in and out of the shoes, kind of, because her feet hurt, right? And she was complaining to her friend and heard it. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And the other one, who was very stylish, looked great, but she had more sensible shoes, said to her young friend, well, why don't you change shoes? We're just getting on a plane. And the young girl went and be seen in those. Right? We're getting on a small plane to fly from New York down here to Tampa. It's like, but it was, that's what was important to her. As opposed to uh, a kinesthetic person uh, will place comfort over style. Comfort over style. So they'll, they'll wear sensible shoes. They might be stylish, but they're going to be more comfortable over style. And you really see it as people get older, right? Uh, because as you get older, the only way to describe it is shit hurts, right? You have aches and pains you didn't have before. When you're in pain, it pulls you into your body. 
so you become more kinesthetic, right? So there's these things. So again, visual people, how they look. Also visual people speak very fast because a picture is worth a thousand words. A thousand words. We've heard that forever. And there's some truth in that because if you're making pictures in your head, you're talking very fast, right? And if you're feeling feelings, you're, it's a lot slower. But it takes about seven, they say, I don't know where they get the numbers. It's about seven times longer to process a feeling than a picture. So you'll speak more slowly. Right. So you go, yeah, and if you if you're visual, um, and you if you ever had the joy of talking to a kinesthetic person, or or I would say like an elderly person, you just want to slap them halfway through the conversation, <laughs> right? Because they're taking their time and they're discussing how they feel and what went on. Da, da, da. Uh, and you're like, come on, we're on page two. Let's get going. Let's get, let's get with the thing. So you bounce back and forth. And lastly, I like auditory people. Um, they use a lot of visual or uh, auditory words. And they have a more rhythm to their voice. What's interesting about auditory people is they like music. Now, I know we all like music. But the difference is a truly auditory person will tell you why they like the music. And the thing I've noticed, my unofficial research, that's my million dollar word, right? Because it lets me say whatever I want. My unofficial research, they're also the type, if they sing along with the song, they actually know the freaking words, right? How many songs can you sort of sing along with? But really, you just know the refrain, right? But if you really are auditory, you know, they'll tell you why they like the words, da, 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 da. So, and whatever it is, the reason this is important, you were, you know, so you're talking to a prospect or a person you want to influence, right? And they're, they're dressed to the nines. So you kind of think, are they visual? And then they're using a lot of visual words. How does this look? How does this look? How does this look? Well, you want to match that. doesn't matter if you're kinesthetic. Right? As opposed to if they're more comfortably dressed and they're talking about their feelings. Right? So you want to match, you know, when you do this, you'll feel that. As opposed to, you know, when you sign up for my sessions, uh, this is what you'll see. You'll see your, your weight begin to change. You'll see yourself grow in confidence. Da, 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 da. As opposed to if I'm talking to a kinesthetic, you know, you're going to begin to feel more confident, feeling inside where you're just ready to dig in and do more, you know? Oz might say, you know, when you're, this artwork will look so great on your wall. Just think how it'll make everything, I don't know, make everything pop. These are my words. If I'm making a fool of myself, bear with me, Oz. But it'll make the whole room light up, it, you know, and you can just see it in people's faces as they come in, as opposed to, you know, every night when you come in, you'll see this artwork and it will make you feel so good. It, it's whatever, you know. And again, when you're really in the role for this, it doesn't have to make a lot of sense. Because human beings do not make sense, <laughs> right? We think they do, but we don't, right? So you want to match your target's words. Are they visual? Are they auditory? Are they kinesthetic, right? Um, and the way to do this is to be conscious of it. Because what happens, we're adults. We've, we've communicated for decades, right? Some of us are multilingual. So we have more going on in our hands. And you will default to what's comfortable for you. I might be talking to you and you're very visual. You're using feel, feel, feel. I'm going to start talking. Or you're very kinesthetic. You're going feel, feel, feel. Well, I'm visual. I'll just, I know what you're saying, but I'll talk about C, C, C. And there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. And if I just consciously step into like, look, 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 so I'm matching you, that's a deeper level of rapport. You know, it's the kind of, if you use that magic rapport where I'm thinking, you're thinking about somebody you like and now you're matching the words, it, you become the kind of person where most people go, you know, it's like I've known you for, uh, for years. Or they'll, and it, it's not a come on, they're like, don't I know you from somewhere? And they're not doing a come on, their brain's actually searching. It's like, did I go to college with you? Do I know you from this? What, you know, so it's kind of cool, right? Now, now we're gonna have more fun. So you know this, right? 
So what begins to happen is you, you're, you're constantly in a state of split conscious awareness. Huh? Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, the evidence now says you truly can't multitask. You seem to, uh, uh, depending on the speed of your brain, you switch between tasks very quickly, right? You don't have a dual processor. But there are certain things you can, you can seem to dual process, like driving your car and you're doing other things. Um, but once you become aware of this, you can begin to use it, right? And, and especially if you're in a persuasion thing, sales, marketing, influence of any kind, uh, you begin to look for this. And so here's a test, right? And everybody can do it. And I always do this. You, whether you ever do this test or not with somebody's irrelevant. But if you want to have some fun, a person showed me this really cool thing on how your mind works. And I actually do this. I tell people just do this with people because everybody likes this kind of crap, right? Uh, and you can always say, I met this really crazy psychologist who was showing us this, this process, right? Uh, so you want to know more about your mind's works? And if they say yes, yeah. so I'd say like, take your hands and now look at your hands. Now look at your hands. Now what I want you to do is put your attention on your hands. Notice how they look. See the veins on them in my case, little sunspots, stuff like that. I see my watch, look at your hands. Now what I want you to do is look at me, look at the screen, but keep your attention on your hands. Look at me, but put your conscious mind on your hands. Now as you're looking at me and focusing on your hands, you begin to notice that one hand begins to tingle, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. It might be your right, might be your left. I don't know, but it's kind of tingly. Now you could wiggle the fingers of that hand, that tingly hand, you'll begin to notice that it's so cool that you keep focused on me, but your hands are doing something different because you can have this split consciousness. Now, as you're listening to me and focusing on your hands, you begin to realize that your mind can do many wonderful things. Okay, shake it off, right? Now what that does, and people begin to, if you do this, and you don't have to be a hypnotist, you don't have to take all these classes in it, it's just how your brain works. It's your, you, know, you have them look at their hands so their attention goes there, right? So their brain switch goes there. Then they're looking at you, but they're keeping their focus. And you're telling them to keep their focus on their hands. And then whatever you tell them, they'll notice 90% of the time, they'll begin to notice a slight tingling, a slight this, right? So it's just how your, your mind is constantly split consciousness. But you could do that, right? So the way you can use split consciousness, which we'll get to, but one might be is if, if you're showing a prospect something, you know, whether it's a piece of art or whether it's a proposal, right? Is as they're looking at it, you can say, well, as you're looking at the proposal, you might begin to think about, and then you can tell them what to do. Because then their conscious mind is focusing on this as their subconscious mind is still following instructions because your reticular activating system never shuts off. Right? And if they trust you, if this is all based on rapport, if they trust you and you have rapport, right, means you're a teammate, you're a, you're a villager, you're, you're, you're in my group, I can trust you. Now, as I'm focusing on this task, the things you're saying has a tendency to go in deeper. Right? And you just be doing that. You know, as you're looking at this proposal, you might instantly notice the things that just resonate with you. Right? And as long as you're in rapport, they'll keep looking at what, whatever they're doing, whether it's the artwork, the car, this or that. And they'll only look back at you if, if there's a disconnect, all right? But it's so powerful when you're doing this split consciousness, right? Now, we, we're gonna move into some even more fuzz. There's, there's a magic opening you can use, right? Whenever you're talking to people, if you say, I'm curious, and then ask questions of the target. I, I call it the targets. I use military terminology, right? But because when you're saying I'm curious, it's a compliment. It's a deep compliment. You know, I'm curious, Debbie. Uh, you're interesting, you're smart. So I wonder, and then you can ask a question. It, as long as you have, everything goes back to if you've got good rapport, well, now you're saying everybody likes to talk about, what does Zig Ziglar say? What's everybody's favorite subject? Themselves, mm -hmm. right? And now you're saying, I find you curious enough that I'm gonna ask you a question, right? As long as you, oh, okay. Yep, there's a typo, <laughs> right? 
See split consciousness. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's looking at it now. (laughs) But it allows you, uh, it allows the target to talk about their favorite subject, which is themselves. So if you're going to say, I'm curious, right? It, it opens it up. Now, if you got rapport and you're mirror matching and you're, they're visual, so you're using visual words, whether you are or not, and, and then you can ask a question and here comes the most, if you get nothing else out of this, uh, this course, if you, if you get to what we're doing here and then what we do now, it, it's gonna, it'll, it'll change everything. And it's called personal trans words, right? These are words that bypass conscious resistance and opens up the target's mind. Because these are emotionally charged words. It's kind of like some people used to say it was kind of like values-based selling, but these are words that are charged emotionally to the person you're talking to, right? And again, rapport is always the key. If I have rapport with you and I ask these questions, you'll tell me. And it doesn't matter what those words are, I can use them, right? So I could I could do an exercise, right? All right I'm talking to somebody. I could go, um, I know a lot of people on the call. So I'll use the person I don't, I, I know. I, Oz, I'm gonna play with your brain, is that okay? It's okay if you go back to the last slide because I'm taking notes. You're going too fast. <laughs> oh. Um, what is PTW? Personal trans words. Oh, personal trans words. Okay. Right? The words themselves put you in a trance. Okay. Which is a light. Actually, it's a misnomer. It bypasses the critical factors in the mind. Right? So and we're uh, going to get the recording, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And I'll send this out in an email. I'll send the, the, the PowerPoint out with the corrected slide in an email. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. So, odds. Uh, I'm trying to mirror match as much as I can. And I didn't really do the intro to find out if you're visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. I would guess you're visual kinesthetic, right? Uh, because A, you're an artist. An artist... Uh, are usually visual kinesthetic and kinesthetic visual. That's just, you know, unless you're a singer, then you, then, then auditory comes out. But anyway. I'm, all three. I'm all three, baby. Okay. Classically um, trained musician. Okay. Well, you're an interesting person, right? You're an interesting person. And I'm curious. I'm <laughs> and I'm curious, Oz, what's important to you and say if you were going to get a, a, a different career, if you're going to add a new part of your career, what would be important to you in a career? Uh, making sure I serve mankind. Serve mankind. I can appreciate that. Serve mankind, right? I can appreciate that, right? Now, again, when you say I can appreciate it, it doesn't mean nothing except, okay, I hear you. What else is important to you in a, in a career besides serving mankind? Adding value to people's lives. Adding value. I, I, can, I, I can appreciate that. That's cool. Adding value to them, all right? You seem to appreciate a lot. Yeah, I do. I'm an appreciative guy. Uh, is there anything else important to you in a career if you were going to add a different aspect, a, a, a different part of your career? Good pizza. Pizza? <laughs> Debbie, stop laughing. What would the, how does that work? Debbie could explain. <laughs> he likes pizza. New York pizza. <clears throat> All right. What else besides serving mankind, adding value, New York pizza? What else is important to you in the career? Fun. Fun. Oh, cool. I can appreciate that. Um, you know, just out of curiosity, you live out there in a beautiful part of the country uh, with a lot to do. If you got a lot of hobbies, you play baseball. I heard you say that the other day. Cause see, I do track. Yep. What else would be if you're going to get a new hobby? What's important to you in a hobby? A new hobby? Yeah, if you were going to. Over and above all the hobbies I have. Jeez, yeah. I don't have time. A so new hobby. What would be hobby? Important? What's important to you in the hobbies you have now? Um, they're creative. They're fun. I could share them with others. 
That's my art, rock hounding, hiking. Uh, they're, they're team events, baseball. Okay. So they it serves a bigger purpose. It serves the group. Cool. Yes. All right. I can appreciate that. And Oz, what's important to you and a friend, a buddy, a pal, somebody you're going to hang out with? Not a lover or a spouse or anything like that. It's just. Oh, it's all the same. What's important to me is uh, trust, um, honor, truth, love. Got to love my friends. If I don't love them, they're not friends of mine. Oh, you're a Klingon. Truth, honor. Okay. Uh, no, I wipe. <laughs> I'll give you the order of the battle. Anyway, um, so that's interesting. So now I have these words, right? And there's some there's some patterns in here, right? These personal trance words. Serve others. Fun is a big one with Oz. Uh, creative, of course, is an artist. We know that. Um, um, uh, you know, sharing. So now, if you use those words, you could you could you could influence it. So Oz, let me. You know, there's some interesting things coming up on the horizon. But I have to tell you, anybody that gets involved in this project, first of all, they have to be, they have to have like a servant's heart. They have to be willing to serve uh, mankind and help other people. And what's also very important in the people that jump into this is uh, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. You know, if it's not fun, why do it, right? And so for that to happen, it's going to be creative. It's going to be a share-based thing where people share their information. And it's going to add value to people's lives. Would you be interested in getting more information? Generally, yeah. Gen it's like, sounds like a plan, yes. <laughs> well, it's like, it, it's like, you know, even when you know it's being done to you, it works. Because these are your words. Right. Right? They, I, they mean something totally different to everybody on this call. Right? So, you know, th those words you know, um, um, serve mankind, add value, fun is fun, but to each person, it's slightly different. In this case, you could just use those words to link it to whatever you want that person to do, right? So once you find, and, and, and these words, if you're getting rapport and you're just talking to people, it doesn't have to be just about whatever you're trying to do, whether you're trying to sell them something or get them to sign up. These words just resonate through people's lives. Right? And once you have them, you have those words, you can use them. And again, the big disconnect, people, people assume whatever, you know? But I mean, look like right now, we have the big disconnect because it's political season. We can say it's good to be patriotic. And most people would agree with that. So I can use the word patriotic and take it however I want. Now, to some people, that means stand line, don't question authority, don't do this. That's patriotic. To other people, it's like, nope, every 20 years, we should burn down the federal government and start over. Both mean, both, but the word is the same. But I well, don't care. Yes, go ahead. Isn't this what we do a lot at the beginning of a relationship, this kind of mirroring, this kind of rapport, only to find out later that that is exactly what we were doing and it isn't necessarily what we really feel or think or yeah. at that point, we're just trying to create that rapport with the other person. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, yes. And you didn't really go into in depth, you know, right. you know, oh yes. A good, stable relationship is important to me. And the, and the person goes, oh, so is it to me. Well, one person might be a swinger. <laughs> and it just means no harm, no foul. And the other is like, you know, no. But the word, but we don't general, generally, it depends how deep you want the relationship to go. This is NLP for business. Yeah, you know, it's. I was just curious because, you know, it's one thing if you're establishing a business rapport and, you know, there's a collaboration, you want the person to do something. But I see all of these patterns um, when we when we get when we meet somebody and we think that, you know, we're going to want to pursue this relationship. 
and all of this stuff going on consciously or, or not. And then, you know, one day you wake up and go, what the, you know, this isn't the person I thought, or you're not the person that entered into all this because you were, and I don't know, you were somehow doing all of these things to build rapport almost instinctively but it, it wasn't coming from that real genuine place. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what is it that one relationship guru says? If you treat your partner constantly the way you did when you were dating, you'll never, you'll never get a divorce or break up. Right, right. You know. <laughs> but both people have to sign yeah. up. And then, and then people change. If you'd have told me 10, 20 years ago, I'd be shoveling horse shit and enjoying it. I would have slapped you. Anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, but you can use like your split consciousness and personal transfers together. So, you know, like you're, you're talking to somebody about a proposal about something, you know, yeah, that reminds me uh, what's important to you in some, and then you'll begin to hear these words, right? And because that's using the, the personal trance words with split consciousness. And then you can lead them. Will it always work? No, nothing always works. But it's, you know, it can, it can get them more likely to take action, right? And um, we did the real-time experiment where I was talking to Oz about it, right? And you don't get into what the words mean. You're just going to use those words. You know, a lot of times... You know, people use like honor, duty, commitment, things like that. And if you add the visual, the auditory words with it, uh, and I always say, hey, I can understand that or I can appreciate that, you know? And again, that's very, you know, you're learning it. So your guard's up right now. But if we're in a nice situation, he's I can appreciate that. Or I can understand that. And you keep going. It's very, first I'm saying I'm curious about you, which is a compliment. Secondly, it's like I saying they're in one way they're assuming you think the same way, but in a, you're not really. You're just you're you're gathering information, you know. Uh, and once you have them, you can link those personal transfers to your product or service. And if you want to add another level, then you can add regret, you know. Then you can add like, well, if you don't do it, eh, it's the things we don't do we regret the most. Ah, isn't that true? And, people, they, and your brain goes to that because your brain will start to look for things you regret. Again, if we got rapport and I'm talking and I say, yeah, but if you don't, sometimes you regret it. You know, the house you didn't buy, the whatever. Whatever one of your regrets is, your brain will go there. Because again, uh, I think it's called the Zagarnik effect. Your brain remembers unfinished tasks and regret is an unfinished task, right? And so your brain will go there, right? And also when you're, when you're talking about like things they like or personal trance words, they're usually moving toward, if you want to use the Freudian, you move toward pleasure and away from pain, then you're moving towards something pleasurable and regret is pain. So you're, then, you're, then you're using the moving away from because nobody, most of us don't want regret, right? So you're you're setting this up. Very, very cool stuff, right? So if you match their words, the eye, you know, with their IQs, the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, and you then you begin to use their personal trans words, it, it adds another level, you know? And it's a lot of fun. Right? It's, it's just a lot of fun when you begin to do it. So our homework this week, um, because I, the reason, by the way, if you want the research, one of the reasons I try to keep these classes at one hour or less, most of us, especially trained in the Western world, uh, uh, the height of your rapid learning was in school, in uh, later elementary, junior high and high school, and classes were set at 45 minutes to an hour. So there's like this thing in your head that it just seems to stay with it. Uh, also in the Western world, we're kind of got this timer, especially if you're over the age of 
40s, uh, where network television always ran on 30 minute or hour time frames. So most people's um, time frames are between 30 minutes to an hour, right? And what I've noticed when I was doing longer classes, Zoom classes and things, is after about an hour, if, if, uh, if, if everybody's camera's on, you can see them, the people over there, you know, yeah, they're paying attention. They start, it's just the way it works. So that's, there's some research why I'm doing this in these, you know, uh, about 45 minutes to an hour. And just give you one or two things because your brain, especially as adults, the way adults learn are different than children, but adults learn quicker when they pick up one or two things that they can implement quickly. And once they see a value in it, they'll add on it and they'll take it. As one of the reasons I, as I said uh, last week and the week before, training business people and salespeople are some of the funnest because if, if it, and cops, if it works, they're going to do it. They're not going to want to get, well, show me the empirical research behind this and what is your, uh, what's the data? Um, it's like, does it work? They'll go try it. Hey, it works. Let's keep doing it. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. And so you build one or two things and we're going to repeat and build slowly on top of it. So we're now halfway through, right? But now you've got uh, this alone, this personal transfer. If you match the, 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 the rep system, so when you see somebody, if they're dressed very comfortably, so you know, eh, they're probably kinesthetic. And then they talk about, you know, I'd rather just roll my sleeves up and get in there and do it. I don't, let's, you know, they don't want to talk about it or look at it. Let's just do it. So you know that. And you pick up a couple of their personal trance words of commitment and honor and duty. And you put those together. You know, it's, you hook them, now you reel them in, right? And uh, it's, and if you add regret, that, that's just another level, right? And the thing I, my uh, uh, thing about using regret, what I tell people, some people don't like doing that, but I say, you know what it really does is if they're more likely to do it, if you start using regret, they're going to do it then. If they're never going to do it, it's not going to work anyway. No harm, no foul. That's what I, that's. You know, what I found is like, yeah, I might do it. I might not do it. It's like, if they're more, if they're going to do it, they're going to sign up for a program or a, whatever we're doing. If you start thinking about regret, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do it. If they're not going to do it, it doesn't seem to go through. So, all right, let me stop the recording, then we can talk.